So I have been thinking a lot lately about my heroes as a child. And uh, I, I work with kids. That's what I do with, uh, for a living, and I have for the last six years. And I love working with children. And the reason I love working with the children is because I'm kind of a child myself. And uh, so I was thinking about some of my favorite heroes growing up. And I was just thinking about, like, there's no scrawny heroes. Like, we live in a world with no scrawny heroes. How'd that happen? I don't know. Like, even Ant-Man, he's small, but he's buff, right? Like, an ant can move, like, 100 times his way, right? 10 times, whatever that is. And I, I was just thinking about that. And then I thought about all the wrestlers of old. Anybody from the 1980s era? I don't know. Hulkamania, all that good jazz. Have you seen Hulk Hogan lately? He looks bad. He don't look, he don't look like he's hulking out anytime soon. And it's just, it's funny to see the things that we, we, we think about and we believe on and that we, and just our society, how they teach us that, that we need to be strong and the things that we believe in need to be strong. But yet, as I see all these things lately, as I walk through this life, and even as I get older, I don't want to say that I'm old, I'm feeling, you know, still like I got a little bit left in me, but... As I get older, I, I, you know, unfortunately, part of my job in de-escalating um, dysregulated teenagers or upset teenagers is sometimes you got to hold them. My brother Steve knows about that back there. He works with me. And uh, yeah, he does. It's an amen. So uh, what happens is, is that, you know, probably six years ago when I restrained one of those children, I felt pretty good when I got done. And not so much anymore. And I continue to think about just the, the strength of man. And I, I come across this passage just this last week, and it just hit me. It just hit me over the head. And I was like, whoa, never saw that before. And it's interesting because the whole time, even when, you know, the Christian, the Christianese is, don't do it in your own strength. You'll hurt yourself. Let God. And yet I still see us as people that proclaim the name of Christ and say things in God's name, but will not even go near his strength. What? What are you talking about? All Christians have to, yes, yeah, I understand. Yes, we believe he works in us and through us. And yes, we say his name and yes, we represent, but so often we're still working in our own strength. And so we're going to go over to his word to, so I can make my point this evening. All right. Numbers 11 is where we're turning tonight. So, you know, again, with this strength thing, I had German grandparents. And I remember they made me eat more than I needed to at every meal. They were like, you got to eat it. So you get what? Big and what? Strong. That's right. Don't be wasting. I mean, they survived the, the camps down in Yugoslavia in World War II, so they knew what it was like to not have food. There was never not food in the refrigerator. And I just, I think about this, and I think about all the reasons we desire to be strong. And a couple words came to mind, and one of them was safety. I need to be strong so I can be safe. We're always chasing safety, aren't we? And number two, I thought about 
you know, the reason I want to be strong so I can have plenty of that on supply. i got to have the strength on tap. I want to have a supply. And then lastly, one of the things that I thought about was that, you know, the reason we want to be strong, so we can support ourselves. Self-support, right? So anybody following along tonight, those are kind of the points we're going to hit at some point. But for now, we're in numbers. Is everybody with me? Numbers 11, 1 through 15 for now. It's, so let me give you a little uh, context. We're at the watershed moment of the Exodus. All the Hebrew people just left Egypt. They are free indeed. They're free to go and do their thing, to, to, to go out and find the promised land, to walk and have a relationship with the Lord. And what a sweet time they were having. Sweet time, man. Free. They're no longer slaves. They're no longer getting whipped. You know, having to make the bricks without the hay all the whole nine. And they're having such a, you know, I could just imagine like this huge procession of people just being so delighted. I also think about the severe trauma of, as slaves that they must have had as they carried some of that baggage with them leaving Egypt. And in this watershed moment, this turning point in their lives as followers of the true and living God, things go south. So let's, let's look at what that looks like. It says, now when the people complained... So we start off complaining, so we're not starting off good. It pleased the Lord, it displeased the Lord, it did not please the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. I don't know, but I know that anybody who's ever had a father that was angry, you don't want to arouse the anger, right? So <clears throat> he was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. That was a place that was cursed forever. At least to the Jewish people it was. And the, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. I don't know if you've ever had an intense craving, but I know I have, and it's for more ice cream. I mean, intense cravings. You know the ones I'm talking about. I just, I, I am a night snacker. I can't help it. You can tell. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I am a night snacker, and I can't help it. And, you know, the thing is, is the intense cravings do lead to some dumb decisions, don't they? heartburn, things of that nature, or in this case, displeasing the Lord. And, you know, we look at this, and so I want to get back to this mixed multitude deal. The mixed multitude was a group of people that were like, all the excitement of being free, they're like, yeah, we'll go with them, everybody's free. And, you know, God allowed it. So there's a bunch of people that are not Hebrews, that just kind of came along for the ride, that were in slavery, and that were maybe even people that just like, what's going on over here? This is exciting. You ever been with somebody who's just like, I don't know, but I want to go. There's a lot of energy this way. It sounds like it's a good deal. Let's go. Let's check it out. You're like, so, do you, uh, it's kind of like the people who wear the rock band shirt but don't know about the rock band. <laughs> you know the ones, right? 
what's your favorite Zepp album? I don't know. Just like I got the, I got the, uh, I got the shirt, right? And so, you know, we see this, and and we laugh, and it's funny until the people that don't know about the things they should know about start opening their mouths. Then it becomes an after-school special, right? It does. It becomes an after-school special because they're like, hey, we want the intense meat. And then the Hebrew's like, yeah, meat, that sounds great. Because then they start talking about all the things that they had back when what? They were slaves. It says here, now the mixed multitude were among them, and they yielded to intense cravings. And so the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Oh, the garlic. I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't cook with garlic. So, but now our whole being is dried up. I just, you know, withering away. I mean, I think they're being a little dramatic, don't you? And there's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now, the manna, manna was like coriander seed. Now, does everybody know what coriander seed is? Huh? I mean, I, I cook with whole spices at home. I make different stuff that uses whole spices. So most people get like all their spices ground up these days. But coriander seed, you know, you probably can't see it there. It's a little baby seed. It's a little baby seed. And its color was like bdellium. Now, this color could be white all the way to, to like black depending on what area of the Middle East you would find that color. Like it's, it was a natural color. It was actually like sap that could come off trees. And so it was like that, that color, and it was like as big as a coriander seed. And the people went about it and gathered it around, ground it out on millstones, or beat it in with a mortar and cooked it in pans and made cakes of it, and it tastes was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout the families, everyone at the door of the tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Hey, man, why have you afflicted me? Now Moses says it's about me. Dude, what have you done? You told me to carry these people out here. I've done what you said. Now, can you just hush them up? Now, <clears throat> there's something in this passage that I had never seen before. And that is the whole thing about the manna. The manna, which means, what is it? They didn't even know what it was. They're like, what is it? We'll name it. What is it? Right? And so they're trying to, you know, they have this thing, but it's delicious. It sustains them. It's good to eat. And it hit me. What they were denying was not just looking backwards towards when they were amongst heathens and amongst... It wasn't really... I mean, it's about that, right? It's about, you know, they always use that analogy, well, they were looking back, and as a believer, it's like looking back to the sinful areas of your life, and, you know, the Egypt is a resemblance of that sinful nature. Yes, all that. But it's also... It was their sustenance. It was their strength that he was giving them to get to the next place. See, God provides strength for us in our lives. 
He provides sustenance, not like Hulkamania strength that withers away over time, but he's giving us things in our lives to keep us going, and a lot of times we do not recognize what they are. They seem foreign to us. They're like, this brings strength? Really? I just, I don't want it. I want something else. Where's, where's the stuff that I want? And I think that that just really hit me hard that here we have a group of people that are denying not just the power of God, of what he's doing, the deliverance of them, but they are so wrapped up in listening maybe to the uh, people around them that don't know the Lord that all of a sudden they're just like reaching. They're just reaching for, well, um, you know... uh, yeah, I just don't feel safe. Like, this is just isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. Um, yeah, even though there's a supply to feed us forever, right? There was, they had enough food that he was going to take them through the promised land. He was, get, he was sustaining and giving them everything they needed. But yet, they didn't want the strength of the Lord, did they? They didn't want what he offered, right? We don't want the strength of the Lord if we're not taking what he's offering, do you think you can take what the Lord you think you can take what the Lord is trying to give you, not take it and then live your own life? You can't do that. And so I just I, I see this group of people, and it just and it goes on to where Moses complains. God calls him and basically answers Moses' prayer of saying, why are you just laying this all on me? God says, bring some elders, take some guys. We're going to get up here. They're going to help you. So he, he helps Moses out in this situation where they all share this burden for the people, for this burden of, of people who are not, who are living in their own strength. And so as I sat and pondered this, I thought about these thoughts of what strength means to people and why we don't reach on to God's strength. Why when he provides manna that will sustain us that evidently tastes like sweet cakes and oil, which sign me up, sounds like donuts to me, that all of a sudden we decide that we don't want the goodness of God. And so the one thing I could think of is what I said before, which is safety. And safety isn't always about being safe, which is interesting. Sometimes it's about control, isn't it? Safety is about maneuvering the things that we either want or that we try to avoid in order to feel or have the feeling of safety. doesn't mean that we are safe. And one of the ways that our Hebrew friends and our mixed multitude friends are saying, what would make me feel safe right now is if I had some meat. I would feel better about this whole journey. Seems petty, but it sounds like us, doesn't it? So, have you any, has anybody ever heard here of uh, Maslow's hierarchy? Anyone? Anyway, the, the concept of this is, is that we all have different needs. Okay? We have needs that need to be met as human beings. 
This is like the function of behavior, the way we behave out towards like, yes, we have a sin nature, of course, but like we have needs and we need to have them met, or at least we have perceived needs that we think need met. And in this hierarchy of needs is the following. There is physiological needs, which is, means we need water, food, shelter, right? That, that fits that need. Then there's safety and security, which is structure and expectation. It just kind of, it's like, okay, there's like some safety there. There's structure, there's expectation, and God had provided that for his people. He provided water. He'd take them to get them, you know, where they could drink. Remember, like the, the water came from the ground. He put the branch in. It made it sweet. He did that. They had tents. They had a dwelling place among him. Later on, they make a place for him to live. It's a place of communal living. They had this place set up. God has have provided structure with the laws. He gave them everything they could possibly want. And yet, the manna wasn't good enough. God's strength was not good enough. And, you know, if they could have just received it, the next step in that hierarchy is love and belonging. Love and belonging was theirs for the taking all day long. They could have just taken it. The love and belonging, they belong to the Lord. He was bringing them into their own. The exodus was this wonderful time of celebration for the Hebrew people who had been slaves for so long. And what did they do? They just, they wanted where they came from. They wanted the things where, the, where God's strength had taken them out of. And then now all of a sudden God's strength isn't good enough. But it was not in their strength. It was not in their strength. None of it was in their strength. The exodus was not in their strength. And still as they sat there and they were uh, desiring, having their unhealthy desire to not take God's strength, they, they, it was not really in their strength that any of this happened. The only strength they had was the strength to complain. And as we complain... I want to bring up the word strength in the Bible. So I thought like strength, when I thought of strength, I thought like Samson, right? Tearing down stuff, like taking the, 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 the jaw and like killing Philistines, that kind of strength. I was thinking about strength. I was thinking about, you know, again, back to superheroes, you know, all these Bible superheroes, just thinking of these huge judges, you know, going out in the name of the Lord and wrecking, wreaking havoc across the land in the name of the Lord. And I thought about this, but man, was I wrong when I looked up this word. The Hebrew, the word strength is meod. It is 300 times in the Bible. In the Greek, it's translated dunamis. It's an actually an adverb. It doesn't mean just like being strong. It's an adverb that intensifies the meaning of the word. Of any word that it's before. Like, so for instance, it means very or much. Very or much. So there is this concept of strength, like the muchness, right? It's this muchness. This veriness. And so, like in Genesis 4 or 5, it says Cain's anger. It described Cain's anger. Cain's anger was much. It was a lot. And then when we hear in Genesis 7, 18, the waters were strong. They were much. Okay? But then, now we get to the good stuff. Deuteronomy 
6.5. We all know the one. You shall love your Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your what? Woo! All right. Again, we have that word, and it's much. It was in God in his isness, in his muchness, that they were brought out and set apart to be fed the way he decided. Miad is the con in this context of Deuteronomy 6:5 is devoting every possible uh, every possibility, opportunity, and capacity that you have to honor God and to love your neighbors. That's what this muchness meant. This is what this law required. Experiencing the muchness of God is the ultimate call to love. And that is such a wonderful thing. When we question the safety of God's strength, you're questioning, by default, His supply. You're questioning His supply. Supply, when we look at supply, either you have enough or you don't have enough, right? Like, I, I have to look through my spices. Do I have enough to make this much stuff, or do I need to go get more? Or maybe it's just not good enough. I don't know. I, I'm into Asian cuisine, so there's certain fish sauce I just can't, I will not eat. I know for you guys, you're like, I don't know why this guy's eating fish sauce. That's gross. So, but, but there are, but the supply. Supply either, there's, there's enough there's not enough, or it's just not good enough, right? And here in this case, to them, it just wasn't good enough because there was plenty of it. And God's strength, there's plenty of it to go around. There's plenty of it for each of us. And he's still giving it out. So be careful because doubt, especially in this context, do I have enough? Do I have enough? Is it good enough? There's that doubt, that seeded doubt is planted. And so that intense desire, right? That intense desire leads to doubt. And when that doubt hits, man, the supply of food is just a, a you know, this symbol of survival to them. There's like, oh, well, man, we just got to survive. But man, it would be nice to have steak. But they just didn't realize that God was already had given them everything they needed to survive. It is a symbol of God's muchness to strengthen them through the wilderness. It was his love, his muchness to take them through. Where is God taking you through that he's giving you his muchness? Where is it? Is he taking you through? Are you receiving it? Are you saying, yeah, I think I need something else? And I had to think about that because recently I had definitely felt like a food hoarder a little bit. Have you ever been around a food hoarder? It's a very unique experience. So I have worked with children that have been homeless. And this is, you know, I, I'm just, it's different. And what happens is, is that they will take food or snacks and they will hide them because they don't think there's going to be more or that it's not going to be enough or just because that's all they know. And I think that sometimes, even as believers, 
we want different things or we try to hoard things and take things from the past that, that are of no use to us and are no good to us anymore and we'll try to stuff them in places where nobody can see, right? In, in the kid's case, they would, I would always find them behind the bed. And there would be piles of wrappers and half-eaten things. And, like, I just remember going this child. I'm like, why are you doing it? I don't know. Like, I just want to make sure there's enough food. I was like, I promise you. I promise you there will always be enough food for you. That's what God was doing. He, he promised them there's always going to be enough for you. My strength is always going to be enough for you. And I'm just like, whoa, man. I recently went out to Texas to a retreat and got to see some really cool speakers speak. And there's just a moment, no matter how long you walk in this Christian life, where sometimes you just realize, man, I haven't been doing it. I've been looking for meat. I've been looking for stuff that God has not supplied. It's not on the menu. And you just got to be like, wow, man, why have I been questioning the supply? Why? It's in our nature, isn't it? That unhealthy doubt. And I'll be honest, this verse is what God showed me through all this. We're going to go to John 6, 26. Jesus gives us some insight onto all this whole topic. I mean, what other, what other place is there to go? Jesus six or John 6.26 Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. See, we're often dipping into the wrong supply. We're dipping into the wrong supply, this worldly supply, these things that the mixed multitude are trying to offer and it comes real low-key, under the radar. It's just all around us. I'll be honest. I've had to just turn off all my social media. People are wondering, like, well, why isn't Mr. James uh, liking my status? Well, it's because I no longer have a status. I have Jesus status. And I'm not saying, I'm not telling you to go turn off your social media. I'm just telling you it was my conviction that I needed to for this season. Had to. Because I want to eat of the things of the Lord. I want to eat of it. I want to take of his strength. I want to take of him. I want to take part of him. I want to be obedient. There's nothing so wonderful when you do ministry and you are clean because you know you're being obedient. Because you're just crying out to him daily. There is nothing more greater than taking of his supply. And so it says then, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Uh, how do we dip into the right supply, Jesus? How, where do we got to dip? Where do we got to go? 
where we got to get this wonderful supply you're talking about? Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God, and you believe in him who he sent. So he says, get rid of the doubt, son. Get rid of the doubt if you're going to dip into my supply, because there can only be belief in my supply. There can only be faith in my supply. That's what he's saying. There can only be faith in my strength. There's not enough. You cannot choose another supply. Jesus says, it's mine. It's my supply, and I get to share it with those who believe on this supply. And it's there waiting. And so I, I see this, and it says, Jesus answered them, said, This is the work of God, and you believe in him who he sent. And it says, you know, really, that just don't God, doubt God's strength. Don't doubt God's supply. Don't doubt God's safety. This is where it's at. And so it says, Then, therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert, and it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Oh, that's interesting. We just read that. And then he says, it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said, and that's verse 32, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That is the strength that we get to partake in. When we ignore God's muchness, his safety, his supply, guess what we scramble for? Guess what we're scrambling for? Here it comes. Self-support. Self I can do this myself. What are you talking about? And this is what happens is we stuff the things of this world down. Even as Christians, we'll stuff it down. This person hurt my feelings. I'm going to stuff it down. That person was a godly man and they, they hurt me. I'm going to stuff it down. You know, I'm, I'm going to get to it, God. I don't want to bother you, Lord. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to put it. I'm going I'm to give it to you eventually. Just let me hold on to it for a little bit longer. I'm, I'm, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I got this. I got self-support. I, I, God, I even have accountability. I mean, I talk to my pastor once a week. <sighs> Guys, I'm going to share a little thing with you, and it's a, just an honest truth. Is there's nothing better than an ugly prayer to kill self-support. Self-support, we, we try to hold on to the things that we try to hold on to in the name of Jesus. But he's saying, mm, that self-support means you're trying to work in your own strength. And eventually, it will crush you to dust or it will shape you. And if it's going to shape you, you best have that ugly, that ugly cry, prayer, prayer cry, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I just remember, I was praying with my brother. And, and my brother's like, man, are you going to give me that phony prayer? Or are you going to give me that ugly prayer? Just give it to me. Let's give it to God. I was like, man, I was thinking to myself, man, if, I, if this all comes out, he's going to know. And the Holy Spirit just said, I'm sufficient. I'm sufficient to open up the storehouses. My strength is with you. Open up. Speak to me, son. Speak to me, child. Speak to me. And I did. I left a huge weight in Waco, Texas. I did. I, used a I just left a huge weight. 
It was wonderful. I love it. And it's great. And he uses he used this scripture just to remind me again, hey, don't go back to thinking about all that meat and all that stuff. Remember my supply. Remember my strength. Remember where I took you out from. And that's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. There's such a looming dread when, when we believe in the, th- the strength of the things that pass away and self-support. And, and so the last thing I ask you guys and the thing that that, 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 that ugly prayer got me was true surrender. And I mean, I love that I heard that right before I came up here today, up on the stage and before, like God was just, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Like, I just like, oh, confirmation, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That, you know, surrender. This is a true time to surrender. This is a time for all of us in our lives just to give it all, give all our strength over to him. That he would, he's got plenty of strength. He's got plenty of strength. It says, when we are weak, who is strong? He is strong. It says in 2 Corinthians, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn. This is, this is Paul talking about his own thorns, right? His issues in, in the flesh was given to me. This thorn in the flesh was given to me. You know, everybody's got their speculation of what it is. And a messenger of Satan to buffer me, buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from you, uh, for, uh, that it might depart from me. And He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness." I love that. I will hold on to that for the rest of my life. Again, we see. In the Songs of Ascent, in our Psalm 121. For the help of those who seek Him. A Song of the Ascents. Now, the Song of the Ascents, for those of you who don't know that, is people who were heading towards Jerusalem to go worship. You know, to go give their sacrifice. There was people coming from all around just wanting to be, you know, give those sacrifices and just be part of the community and the strength of the Lord. It says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. So it is his help, his strength. Again, over and over and over we see it. Here we have the rebuilding of of Jerusalem. Remember Nehemiah? Let's let's remember Nehemiah for a second. It it says here in Nehemiah 8.10, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those to whom nothing is prepared, for the day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is our what? Thank you. Gosh. Man, I just, you know, why do we ever want the meat of this world? Why do we ever desire the things of this world? Why? Yeah, we're sinners saved by grace. Are you not seeing the people God is using in your life right now? Are you not seeing the way he's, he uses people too to, to bring strength into your life, doesn't he? God's so wonderful that way. There's things that we miss. There's things that we miss. We hear all these things. So you, if you've surrendered to this muchness, if you, can you just surrender to the muchness of God's safety, supply, and surrender? What strength is the Lord giving you that you are missing? What, what strength are you looking at? Like, I don't recognize that. I surely can't be the Lord's strength. What is it? Is there something you're missing? 
Is there somebody God has brought in your life that you've just kind of shrugged them off? Maybe it's not that, you know, maybe somebody's trying to bless you. I was talking to Mike today. I was like, you know, it's funny how all of us pastors, you know, they're always helping everybody. You know how hard it is to take a blessing? Do you think God wants it that way? Why are we trying to be so strong? Why are we trying to be so, what are we trying to prove? Is, are you that way? Are you not ready to be open to receive God's strength through blessing from the people around you? Are you shutting yourself off? I don't know, man. I just, I, I, these are things that we need to think about as believers because if we don't, we start asking for meat. And so I close here because I've gone on long enough. Is your focus on the things of the Lord? Is your focus on the strength of the Lord? Is, is, are you trying to chase safety here in this world? Because, unfortunately, the, the safety of this world will lead into a, just a, it leads to death. That's what it says. So that's not very safe. I think it's 10 out of 10. And so... I just think about what the Holy Spirit is trying to do is He provides through His Spirit the strength of, of Christ in us. And that every day when we wake up, His mercies renew daily and we get to take of that strength and take of that strength and hear His Word and praise His name. And there's nothing better than we hear a worship song as soon as we open our eyes and it's in our head. That's the Holy Spirit. He's just reminding us, I am your strength. I am what sustains you. I am your supply. I am your surrender. That's how we find strength is in the surrender. So as we leave, he desires, God desires to show you that safety has found you. Safety has found you in the name of Jesus. It's not only found you, but that his supply is perfect in every way. And that if you would surrender and continually surrender, that it would allow him to give you a strength that does, it just doesn't wither or fade. A strength that calls us to love. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your kindness, your gentleness your strength, your support, your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, let us not forget your faithfulness to a people that are prone to wander. Father, thank you that you are enough, that you are sufficient, that you, are, you have made us for relationship. It's so sweet, Lord, your love. So, Father, we ask, I ask, Lord, we just ask that you would go out before us. You go out before us this week, that you would move in us and through us with your strength, that we might touch this lost and dying world, that they may see something different, and that we may show them something of you, that we may show them your strength. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.